This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. We are back. I'm Elliot Harris with David Spada. And on the phone we have a man who played for 10 Major League teams, but I think of him primarily as a Los Angeles Dodger, two-time batting champ, Tommy Davis. Tommy, how are you? How are you, sir? Wonderful. Now, of all those teams, do you think of yourself as a Dodger primarily? I would think so, because I started as a Dodger, and I did some good things with the Dodgers, and I'm still doing some work for them, so I've got to say yes. <laughs> all righty. Now, how come you didn't end up a New York Yankee as a New York kid? Well, I was, uh, in those days, they didn't have a draft, and you, so you were approached by the teams. I was approached by five teams, and one of them was the Yankees. And in those days, you know, they didn't uh, come up with a lot of money. But what the Yankees did for me to try to get me to sign with them is I could work out with them anytime I wanted to when they were home. So I go to Yankee Stadium, and as a young kid, that's overwhelming. And there's the likes of Mickey Mantle, Marty Ford, and Yogi Berra. Elson Howard, Moose Gowan, you know, that's pretty tough to take. But uh, Al Campanis, who, uh, as you well know, was a general manager at one time, Mm -hmm. he was the head scout, and uh, he would come over to the house to show show my family that Dodgers were still interested in me. So about this time, I was going to sign with the Yankees on a Tuesday night, and uh, Al Campanis found out about it. So he had Jackie Robinson call me that Sunday before that Tuesday. And when I heard Jackie Robinson's voice, which I didn't believe at first, I thought it was one of some of my friends fooling around. <laughs> but uh, I realized it was Jackie Robinson. I signed Tuesday afternoon with the Dodgers. <laughs> a, a pretty good retooting uh, tool to, to have Jackie Robinson. Oh, yeah. Well, I was a Jackie Robinson fan. Don't forget, I was... When he first came in, I guess I was about nine years old, eight or nine years old. And uh, when he came in, I just wanted to be a baseball player. But <clears throat> David Spade here, Tommy. Did you get any like hard feelings from the people in Brooklyn? Because I mean, the Dodgers had just left Brooklyn, and you're basically going to LA, and they basically deserted Brooklyn. The people say, you know what, you're a traitor. Well, they didn't call me a traitor because I was in minor leagues. And, uh, you know, I really didn't get up there until the end of 59. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people in Brooklyn were very, as I could say, pissed off. And uh, I couldn't do nothing about it. I was pissed off because I wanted to play in Brooklyn, too. But you can't do nothing about it when somebody's paying your, paying your salary. And Ebbets Field was a lot cozier than Dodger Stadium. Oh, Ebbets Field was like your living room. You know, everybody knew it and... And the funny thing about that, uh, all the Dodger home games were on TV. And I, I think it started in early 50s or whatever, but uh, none of the Yankees or the Giants games were home. And what we're telling guys at home, so I don't know how they did it, but, you know, you got real close to the team but at, you know, at that point because you can see them on TV all the time, and, and then you knew who was playing where and where they were coming up from, so you were real close to the team. You played alongside a... a f- a pretty decent center fielder with the, with the same last name, Willie Davis. What was oh, that was my, What was it like? Was my having, what was it like? You know, 
being his roommate and having him alongside, uh, knowing that if you couldn't get to the ball in the gap, he would? Oh, well, listen, you know, we, Frank Howard and myself, uh, you know, we weren't the fastest things in the world. Well, I mean, I was pretty fast at the time, but we would always say, go get him, Willie. The, the ball be about 10 feet from us. And we tell Willie to come back and come over here and get it because we know you can get it, you know. So we were just spectators at the outfield watching Willie play. Who was faster, Willie Davis or Maury Wolf? <laughs> Willie was, was faster. Maury was quicker, but doing the hundred yard dash wouldn't be no, it wouldn't be a, uh, you know, wouldn't be that close. Six yard dash, yes, because we all we all had a six yard dash one day, and uh, Willie ran in six two, and uh, me and Maury ran six three, and a guy named Earl Robinson ran six four. Now. You hold the, the Dodgers record for runs batted in with 153. It looked like Matt Kemp was going to break that by Memorial Day, but he's injured. Looks like he's back on the uh, injured list once again. Are you fairly confident uh, that, 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 that record's going to hold up of yours? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, it's gonna, in this day and age, you don't see too many guys getting that. But I knew, I knew so many was uh, it Ramirez. Yeah, Nicky had 165, and uh, at one point uh, doing his stay at the Red Sox. Am I right? Yes, he did. But in my, in my over here in the National League, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. He had a good shot at it, but uh, I, one other thing I was worried about—not uh, worried about—but uh, I thought about I'm the only guy who led the league in hitting since they've been here in LA. So that was another factor I was thinking about. So. He got the RBI and he got the home run, but it didn't get the uh, batting average. I want him to get it, you know, sooner or later. But this was a 50-year anniversary of me having the uh, batting championship, so I want him to get it next year. <laughs> <laughs> did, it, did it seem like that year you could do nothing wrong? I mean, because with 153 RBIs there, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Well, it was one of those great years, and more, you know, stole 104 bases and Gilliam. Jim Gilliam, who I think should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, he just is quick. And, and, you know, Willie could fly. And all these guys had fairly good years. I had a guy named Frank Howard hitting behind me. And uh, what a lot of pitchers didn't like to pitch to him with men on base. They didn't want him to hit the ball through <laughs> to the pitcher's mouth. You know, and, you know, guys might not ever see their families again. But uh, but but uh, I would get more than one good pitch to hit. Normally you get one good pitch to hit. If you don't hit that pitch, you're not going to get a good pitch to hit the rest of the time at that. But I used to get two knowing that Frank Howard was hitting behind me, so that helped quite a bit, too. Was there a stronger player than Frank Howard? I don't know. I I wouldn't say so. I mean, I remember Ted Kozuski, he was pretty strong. Yeah. But uh, I uh, I can't, uh, I thought Frank was one of the strongest. Yeah, I mean, you had uh, Kozuski, had Harmon Killebrew, but I mean, I... Frank Howard would just hit some towering shots. That uh... oh, he hit shots he could he get faked on, you know, and and curveballs he couldn't reach. He used one hand and hit the ball over dead center field after getting fooled. And then you had Wall, then you had Wally Moon with some of those moon shots. Well, Wally Moon was before me. He did most of that uh, in '59, '60, and then '61. Uh, he played quite a bit. But in 62, 
I, I know I started playing more often then. But the Wally Moon had a he had this this looked like a like a nine iron. Yeah. And it just lifted off over that fence because the fence was like three or four stories tall. It was only 250 feet away. But you have to hit a towering high fly ball to get it over. So he had this little looping. He's left-handed, so he just kind of looped it over the fence. And where other guys like myself, I hit a lot of line drives in that fence, would probably be home runs elsewhere. I ended up got to run like heck to, go, to get to first base because the ball was just dying with the fence. And their left field could turn around and throw you out of first base if you were just fooling around. I was pissed off because it didn't go out or stuff like that. Now, for the 2012 season opener at Dodger Stadium, you were there. The Beach Boys were there. What was it like? Could you say that again, sir? For opening day this season? Oh. Uh, with well, the Beach Boys uh, and you well, and a lot of former former Dodgers and there. And what, what was that Peter experience? Peter O'Malley, his sister. It, it was, uh, you know, all the guys that were still there from the 62 team, I think there was only two guys that could make it, and that was Koufax and Frank Howard. But, but we had most of the other guys there, and it was it was quite a, spectac- uh, uh, a spectacular feeling to have to see these guys they haven't seen in a long time and and, uh, and see Peter O'Malley come out with his sister. His sister threw out the first ball to or Tommy Lasorda. So it was quite an outstanding day, and, and it's something you just can't... can't uh, can't forget, really. Was it coincidence or was it on purpose? You retired with 153 home runs, and you're going for the 153 RBIs. You know, somebody mentioned that this year. That's the first time I just thought about that, and that's that is interesting. So, you know, I uh, if I do another book, I'll definitely keep that in mind. <laughs> now, when you're in high school, you had a, a teammate by the name of Lenny Wilkins on in the basketball team. Who was a better yes, basketball God. player, you or him? that question. Yeah. Uh, Lenny came out towards the end of my, my career. I, I made him come out uh, you know my, my last year because we used to play against each other all the time. We've been friends for years and uh, he was playing CYO ball most of the time and then he had to work because you know, he was the, the man of the house but I did have him come out. Lenny was much better but uh, uh, but I, I did make all city my senior year so I had some, some talent you know so I enjoyed basketball. We were both going to go to Providence, but I wasn't going to be a uh, power forward at six one. So I decided <laughs> to play baseball. You know, but you know, as when we were in high school and when we came up, came in, there was a guy by the name of Sayugo Green. I don't know if you remember this guy. Yeah, went to Duquesne. Duquesne. Well, he was at our high school. He was leaving, and then when we were leaving, me and Lenny, and which is so significant in this in this high school, we got two Hall of Famers. Uh, when we were leaving, a guy by the name of Connie Hawkins was coming in. Wow! So we had we got two Hall of Famers from our high school, and Lenny's a Hall of Famer as a coach. He's also a Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, he's gotten in the Hall of Fame for the Olympics, so he's got three Hall of Fame situations. Okay. Any other baseball players come out of uh, Boys High? Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. I Nobody of that caliber. No. Well, I can't. I can't recall. But we had some good ballplayers. But I, I, I can't recall uh, if anybody that uh, made the uh, major leagues. But I did have a great Sandlot team. You know, we were um, we had, a, had a team that uh, was the only black manager of that era. And in in, you know, they had this team, but this team wasn't black. It was composed of a lot of Italians, 
Jewish people, blacks, and Irish. And uh, we were the 1955 New York State champions of the Corners League. And the significance about this is we played our championship game in Cooperstown. We beat Watertown, New York, 7-4, to four, something like that. What was your favorite moment in your baseball career? There were several, you know, I mean, actually signing the Dodgers. Um, uh, I remember one time in a, in a game in the Coliseum, uh, I wasn't playing, and, and it was an exciting game, and I came in, and Roger Craig came in you know, to pitch, and I told Roger I was going to win the game for him, and I hit a home run. I do remember something like that. And uh, I ended up beating the Yankees four in a row. Think about it, you know. Uh, nobody's ever uh, ever done that, and and we were able to do that in 1963. And uh, I had an uncle who was a Yankee fan, and he's uh, really get on our cases, our family, all the time about the Yankees winning all these World Series. So, and uh, when we beat the Yankees four in a row, yeah, he went out of town. I think he went over to New Jersey for about a week. He didn't want us to call him and send flowers to him and candy to him and everything. So he got a, he got out of the uh, the town for a while. But the, when I made the Dodgers, he became a Tommy Davis fan, though. Okay. Best ball player that you ever played with or against? Woody Mays. No, no question Woody about Mays. that, huh? No question, no. A lot of people say that. Yeah, yeah he was uh, he could do it all. He had, as a scout say, he had the 5-2 situation where he can do it all. Run, hit, throw, uh, you know, defense, offense, home run, average. And, uh, I did, uh, I, I liked, also liked Stan Musial. I, I, growing up, used to see a lot of Stan Musial playing against the Dodgers. I thought he was a great hitter. Naturally, Ted Williams, Clemente, and Mr. Hank Aaron. Yeah. So, I was around all these guys, and then I happened to see him, and I was in awe of all of them. Yeah, it was it was a great time in baseball. Thank you so much for your time, Tommy Davis. Continued success, and we'll celebrate your batting title from 1963 in the Dodgers' 63 championship next year. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. For, thanks for calling. I enjoyed talking to you guys. All righty. Thank you. That was Tommy Davis, and I'm with David Espada, and I would like to thank him, Tony Oliva and Adrenaline Rush dancer Karina for a wonderful show. Maybe next week David will be back in studio. You'll have to <laughs> You'll have to tune in and find out. This is Elliot Harris. You're listening to and watching, hopefully, Sports and Torts on Talkzone.com.